that you're born an Italian if you want your life to be great. See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. From the moment you're a small bambino, you eat pizza, you drink vino. Then they make you roly-poly. You get stuffed with ravioli. If your mama's a paisano, you will have the world on a plate. So see that you're born in Italiano and your life will be great. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. And we are coming to you on this beautiful weekend from the Borough of Kings, the Borough of Churches, the fourth largest city in America. And my apartment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the home of both of us. It's Ro and I again. We're in Brooklyn, New York. Thanks for having us at the house, Ro. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. And we got a special guest with us today. We do. We are talking to Cara DeFalco, host of Cara's Cucina, the only Emmy-nominated YouTube cooking show ever. Yes. That yes. is oh, big. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It yeah. speaks volumes about how much people love us, right? Yeah, I <laughs> think so. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Absolutely. so. Is YouTube like the biggest platform out there for dissemination for of video? video? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is, right? You know what it is? Because it's, uh, it's owned by Google, so it's search engine. Oh, yeah. Uh, so other than Google itself, it's the second largest search engine on the planet. So in the largest facility for video, the only award-worthy content <laughs> is an Italian American girl <gasps> teaching people how to make our food. I think how that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it uh, it speaks volumes to, you know, with just a lot of hard work and stuff, you can get there and, you know, it do, it takes time. You know, when did you start doing this? So, we've been doing the channel for about 3 3 and a, 3 years now. That's amazing <clears throat> for yeah. 3 years. That's kind of a short time honestly though to to reach that level to we, be Emmy nominated. We um my my husband shoots the show with me, and so we have broadcasting backgrounds. So we both started in TV and radio. We both still work in TV and radio, and so we kind of came at you know something that a lot of people come out from their with their iPhones generally to start with, and we came at it from a very you know professional production standpoint, and that's really what the Emmy is 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 you know it's it's a well produced thought out put together show. Um, so and we just kind of knew the process from from work of how to submit the content and and you know we've just you know we th- we felt that it was worthy so we put it out there and uh, and we got the nomination so it was really exciting That's yeah fantastic. I, I think it, it's also about you know you have to believe in yourself too I think a lot of people would just sit there and be like oh I'm not gonna submit oh, I'm a YouTube show where am I yeah. going with this but uh, like I'm really proud that you sat there and said no why not me yeah yeah and it really did and uh, believe me there was plenty of people who were like submitted this for an Emmy like what the hell's wrong with you yeah I did you know and I, I think like, yeah I, th- I thought I'd give it a shot see what happens that's incredible because you know uh, anyone who's a content creator knows that it's um if it's not your primary job it is absolutely more work than uh your day job can it be it is sometimes. a labor of love yeah, and and sometimes nobody watches what you're making or you know they watch it and they criticize or it they, and they yes. tell you they don't like yes. it and, um it, it's really really hard to put yourself out there so I really yes. applaud that you you said no I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna and I'm proud of it and I'm gonna submit it because I think it's worthy yeah yeah thank you thank You're you I, I was I was gonna say you would know better than anybody the quite struggle. frankly the struggle <laughs> the struggle is real it is it is you so. talk about that like you know I obviously get a little protective of robe just because of our friendship and of our course. partnership. And so I'm always looking at everything. And we always talk a lot about, especially with food, mm-hmm. it's very hard to please everybody when you're putting out a recipe. Yes. or Because everybody's got their, ver- particularly Italians, yes. who from Italy has a version that's not Italian-American, who's got a version that's got a different ingredient, who's Nona would never do this or that. It's got to be, you got to be kind of thick-skinned. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, for I, I mean, I have, actually, some of the most vicious comments I think I've ever gotten have actually come right from... Italians from Italy who oh, were like, you know, no what is this garbage? There. And I was like, listen, guys, it, you know, and it's funny when you, and I don't know if you've found this, I know you have family and friends there as well. You know, when you go and you talk to them, they, they're very funny about it because they're like, you know, what is 
the last time I was there, my two favorite questions were, what the hell is mac and cheese and what the hell is chicken parm? <laughs> They're like, you don't make a parmesan chicken with chicken. Chicken parm is, a, is and I'm the like, you know, you have, Frankenstein of our I, and I was like, you got to understand. I was like, first of all, I was like, Italian-American. I was like, I feel like we're kind of like, you know, you took southern Italy, post-World War II, snapshotted it, dropped it in America, yeah, and true. just let it go. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I was our, our our words, our slang is, is you know, from that era. Yeah. The things that we know, the dishes that we know are from that era. And earlier, I mean... And earlier, we're, yeah. We're, it's like you took the root from uh, the southern Italian plant and you planted it in the best soil, you know, in the world. And it's this giant uh, steroided version of it, right? And <laughs> yeah, it takes on all much. the abundance of America. And, and so that's how you get gigantic chicken cutlets. That, that's like how a garbage you... can plate covered in, you know... Which are also very good sometimes. Yes, right, but sometimes they really hit the spot. Yeah, absolutely. I, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not, you know, so, but, but they're very funny. So, yeah, so some of them are really, that, that I think is some of the, the worst criticism. But, I, I, you know, and I always try to explain to them, that, you know, I'm like, listen, it, it, you got to understand it. It went from where you are, uh, you know, 70 years ago, here, and then, like you said, took everything that was American and all the things that they wanted to, to reect back to the, their family that stayed there and, and you know, Really, Voila. like, overdid it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, there we like go. Like everything whole, we do here. The Italians from Italy, like, as we love to say on the show, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> it really is. Of how they perceive us and how they feel about us. And I have some feelings about that, let me tell you right now. <laughs> but um, when it pertains to the food conversation, to the Italian versus Italian-American cuisine conversation, I am always a pioneer of of uh, proponing that Italian-American cuisine is its own cuisine. It's its own. it's its own thing. We're not trying to be like you. We're not trying to pass it off as anything that you originally did we know we hit we bow down we all hail <laughs> the great right. the, the eggplant parmigiana <laughs> and you know and that is italian and nobody's taking it away from you nobody's trying to change it we just made something else it's right. all right it's all it, it still exists exactly <laughs> but you know the best thing that i found i've uh, been doing this for for quite a long time and received quite a bit of uh criticism <laughs> from our friends across the pond um and you're never gonna win no they're always right. They have more time and energy to talk about this than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, what I've found is I've always been a little bit too Italian for Americans and a little bit too American for Italians. Um, the only people who truly, truly understand me are, are other first-generation Italian-Americans yeah. like myself because it's such a unique way to grow up and to see the world. So, you know, whenever I find myself engaged in a conversation like that, I always try and stop. And think, what would like Jada Lydia or whatever yeah. Nigella do or whatever? I, I, you know, and I had the, the amazing opportunity to interview Lydia one time. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked her about that because I always felt the same way. I was like, you know, here I'm always the Italian kid. There I'm always the American kid. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm never quite one of the group in, in either case. Yeah, I know the feeling. And so I, I had asked her about that. And I said, you know, you've been here so long, but you were born and raised there. You know, you're an icon to both. You know, how do you feel? And she, and she gave me the best answer. So I really, I try to keep her, her words in mind when I find myself in those conversations. And she basically basically said, I call the two best countries on the planet home. Yeah. I am a part of both of them. Amen. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, that's such a good way, you know, rather than feeling, you know, not quite entirely yeah. one or the other, I'm a part of both. I think we're the luckiest people on the planet. I really do. Because I, I, I am an anthropologist by trade. I love culture. I love the diversity of culture. I love experiencing different cultures. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to wake up every morning and live as another culture. I love being Italian. Yeah. But I'm quite convinced I would be in a much different position if I had to wake up every morning and be an Italian in Italy. I mean, yeah. we, we live in, you, you can say what you want about this country, but it's the greatest manifestation of human ability ever. And uh, we're, we're blessed to have both of those things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I, I always joke about, oh, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to retire there. I'm going to live there six mm -hmm. months and six months. But, you know. As much as I love Italy, I would never have been able to do what I do right. in Italy. I don't think so. No. But did I ever tell you when I went, when I protested against my parents and moved back to Italy, I lasted like two weeks? I was a, <laughs> I was a, I was a high school senior with like really undiagnosed learning disabilities. So I was struggling with school. My parents were like, yeah, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. I'm like, I can't go to college. I, I'll, I'll throw myself off the student union. So everybody else is applying to college. And I'm, I, my parents were... You know, obviously great parents, but somehow I think I was sneaky enough that I could kind of get around the application process. And, oh, no, don't worry, I did it. And but, and I got about uh, a couple weeks into the end of the school year, and all my friends were announcing where they were going to college. And, made you know, we're talking, we visited places. And so to be honest, I haven't applied anywhere. I'm going to move to Italy 
and uh, I'm going to go live with Cousin Lena. Oh. And so my <laughs> parents were like, what the heck? So I went for the summer. I got all planned. I went down. And, uh, yeah, my family in Salerno, in the province of Salerno, you know, they don't have much opportunity. And yeah. The first morning, it was like everybody's going out to farm. Saying in like you're going to move plot. to Italy is one thing, but saying you're going to move to southern Italy yes. is an entirely yes. different whole yeah. other issue. Moving yeah. to the village. I was yeah. like, if I had said I'm going to go to Rome to pursue film, I think people would have been able to swallow it. But like here I am in a, in a patch of dirt <laughs> with all my cousins. The old ladies are in black. They have religious medals and handkerchiefs <laughs> and like wooden farm tools. And I'm like, okay, this is going to. I knew right you then and there, like this ain't happening. I feel like that's good for everybody. I feel like we really probably should do that for most high school. It'd be like, uh, you know what? Listen, everybody. Go, you know, back go to see go what back it's to like. the old country. <laughs> yes, and double the check real real country, the real yeah. old country. And d- double check for a yeah. second. Yeah, I, I, I love that. That's John's version of running away too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go be I a know. contadina. I made, in the I made it to the end of my driveway. You at least you went <laughs> yeah. all the way back. He went yeah. to a different country. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I it was always my thing in my head that I had this like escape route to a culture that was also mine. And and truth be told. You come to realize pretty quickly that okay, You're this, like, this place is a lot more of me than I think it is. Yeah. 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 For sure. Speaking of the the old country, where's your family from? When did they come here? Where are you from? So um, yeah, tell us about yourself. <laughs> tell us, you know, how you, how'd you start this whole? We probably should have done that in the beginning, yeah. but you know, we're gonna we're That's we're this is the most unorganized, realistic, disorganized Italian American podcast. Perfect. There's yes. pastries, there's espresso. We're good. we've been having a good time this already. Is who since, we are. since Pat's not here, I'm gonna say it. If you want organization, you want people that don't talk over each other, please listen to the Norwegian podcast. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's more of what, yes, I think what that you want. sounds about. Right. Yeah. No. So. So. Um. I'm. We joke. So. I'm. I'm kind of a fifty-fifty. My father's side of the family is Abruzzes. My mother's family is Piemontes. Wow. That is a mix. Yeah. So we're we're got a northerner in the house. <laughs> got a northerner. I know. Right. Where, where in Abruzzo? My wife's half Abruzzes. Kitty. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it there. Yeah. Yeah. So great. We're and we're at this point we're closer with my father's side of the family. There, there's more of them there basically, and they all continue to have children for whatever reason. My mother's family, after her first cousins, really never had kids. Yeah. Uh, and they don't. And in typical northern Italian fashion, they don't. They don't talk to the, the those metagons. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like uh, we're not going to bother with kids they're or like, you foreign people, relations. Exactly. Yeah. They're like ah, they really. So so we're very close with the the Abruzzes side. But um, so my, and even that then kind of gets split. My grandfather's uh, immigrated here. My grandmothers were born here. But I think my, my dad's parents have, to me, I think one of the, the best stories ever. That my grandfather was drafted into Mussolini's army. My grandmother was already here I'm in Bayonne, New Jersey. We're, we're a Jersey girl. And um, a lot of people don't realize there was a POW camp in, in Bayonne. Pat had a cousin in there, I think. That's like the number one. Italian American of New Jersey, so he knows everything that ever happened. I everything think, that okay, I think so he had a family member in that camp. So my my great grandmother used to pack baskets of sandwiches and send my grandmother to the POW camp and say, you know, give the sandwiches to the prisoners wow. and look for your uncles or make sure none of them are wow, over there. That's Goodness. amazing. So that was how she met my my grandfather got captured in Africa and was shipped to the U.S. So he was in this this camp. So that was how they met. And somewhere, I guess, along the lines, the Americans realized that the Italian people were none too into it. Like, this was like Mussolini's idea, but the yes. people of Italy, as yes. they very much are today, yes. care nothing for their own politics. They're yeah. like, eh. Yeah. So Who cares? I don't think they kept a real close eye because the story that I'm told is that he used to sneak out, yeah. take her dancing, and be back at the camp in time for bed call. That's oh, my God, Pat's, amazing. Pat talks about that a lot. I mean, people could come, kind of come and go and... The Italians were great prisoners of war. Yeah, they, just, they <laughs> well were like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. They got three square a day in a bed. What am I complaining <laughs> about? They ate yeah. the best of everything. <laughs> they, really. they really. They'll turn true. anywhere into a piazza. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. So, 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 so the true. war ended. They, they shipped my grandfather back to Italy. My grandmother bought herself a wedding dress and a boat ticket and followed him. Wow. Beautiful. So, that so is that's, amazing. Yeah. So they actually got married over there. And then when they, my, my dad's the, the second of three. When she became pregnant with my uncle, my grandfather looked at her and went, they'll never let me back in the country if you have that baby here. You need to yeah. go have that baby go back home. in the <laughs> States. So he put her back on a boat pregnant. Yeah. was like, go. I don't blame him. <laughs> One bit. Yep. So, so that was it. So once my uncle was born, then they were able to, to petition for his uh, citizenship, and he was able to come here. Wow. That's incredible. Just thinking about like the things you had to do to survive, uh, yeah. to make sure your family survived. To, it, to do well, yeah. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a whole different, you know, puts things in perspective every time I hear stories like that, that, you know, we don't have those issues right. and it's, it's because, you know, people like your grandparents got it all out of the way for us. Yeah, yeah it's true. That is true. Yeah. In, in light of what we're experiencing today around these issues of immigration stuff, you think about like, here's POWs taking young girls to dances. It's just a different sense of what a person's 
places in a society. Absolutely. Think, and, and what risk is attached to a person. Uh, yeah. It's a shame that we don't sort of have that, that civility, I think, anymore. Yeah. 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 So you... You grew up in Jersey. I grew up in Jersey. Yeah. In so Bayonne? I was, uh, no. So my uh, from there, then uh, they they <coughs> wound up moving into Jersey City, uh, and then I was born in uh, Kinelon, New Jersey, which okay. is like Northwest Jersey, up in the woods in the mountains. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful place to grow up. A lot of Italians. Um. No. Ironically, so we were really some of the only ones in our community. It was a lot of uh, a lot of Irish kids, really. Yep. That's <laughs> how I lived. We we, we both. Departed Brooklyn at different points in our life, me yeah. and Ro, and did the Jersey thing. Both of our parents, neither family, I think, for, for uh, well, your parents haven't come back yet, right? But they are they're, coming back. They're basically back. Yeah, they're, they're, they're back. here all the time. My parents left. We, the we house didn't is last. up for sale in case you want a nice five-bedroom <laughs> in Montfield, New Jersey. Yeah, call Ro. Call, call me. Oh, okay. So you, oh, so you really grew up in the town next to me then? Uh, kind of, yeah. But the thing is, like, I was kind of, I went to Jersey Really excited. My brother and I had very different experiences with moving to New Jersey. I was eight. Okay. So they got me all jazzed like I was going to get a 16 by 16 foot room. <laughs> <laughs> and like I was sharing a bedroom with my with Nona. <laughs> so I was really excited about this. My own room. Yeah. Like for just me and no other humans. Oh my God. Yes. Please <laughs> give it to me. And, um, you know, I thought we were going to move to the suburbs. And the only thing I knew about the suburbs was TV. Yeah. So I never lived somewhere with, like, Ville at the end of it. Yeah. That was always very, like, <laughs> leave it to Beaver to me. Like, wow. So, and they brought me, they showed it to me. It looked really pretty. Um, my brother was not fooled. He was like, no, 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 no. This is not going to be. <laughs> this is not going to work out. What we think it is. And um, he actually, once we moved, he was like, no, no, no I'm going to live with Nona. I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to just stay here and live with Nona. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because we moved in the middle of the school the, year. Ugh. And um, for like two weeks he did. <laughs> and then I just remember a scene in my head with like my brother with his backpack on trying to run away. <laughs> and my father chasing um, him down the street. Yeah, chasing him down the street, <laughs> grabbing him by the backpack. He's like, you're coming with us. <laughs> you know, when he was 12. And I was like, oh boy, why doesn't he want to be there? I don't get it. And like, I just didn't take to suburban New Jersey life. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. People like were like, "You're from Brooklyn? Do you get? Have you ever been shot at?" Like, yeah. uh, they had like weird questions, and I, I I was in Brooklyn every weekend. That was us. My mom would put me on the bus from the Willowbrook Mall. From the Willowbrook Mall. <laughs> yes, the NJ Transit bus. My nonna would meet me at Port Authority. Oh my gosh. She would buy me uh, like a happy meal at McDonald's, and then we would take the subway home. And wow. on Sunday, I would uh, we would do the, do the same thing in reverse. Yeah. Wow. We found an Irish town. I don't know how my parents found the only town in Jersey with. No Italians, but we were like the only Italians in the town called Chatham, and it was similar. Yeah, I just I, I remember thinking like people asking us questions, and I, I my dad was trading commodities, and so when a kid would ask you what your dad does, I'd say I don't know. He puts a suit on and goes into the city. Uh, that's I was gonna say I my dad did that briefly, Brian. I was uh, like, oh. I didn't. Uh, how do you explain that when you're eight nine years old? And then uh, yeah, I didn't know these Irish kids had <laughs> in my thirties. I can't wrap my really head around true. it. I, my, my brother figured it out. I'm doing podcasts, but you know, uh, I I. I didn't think at that point that these Irish kids had preconceptions about that might mean something different for an Italian person. So I didn't know that they were talking about my family like we were doing something illicit well, and yeah, illegal. And you know, I'm like, this is crazy. The Sopranos came out, and my dad's name is Vito. So people would ask me all the time, what, what does your dad do? And I was like, I don't know. He, like, leaves at 6 a.m. I don't see him again until 8 o'clock at night. He comes yeah. home in a bad mood. We eat pasta, and, you know, we go to bed. <laughs> and we all go, yeah. And we watch a little Vito. TV, and, and we yeah. all go to bed. Yeah, and they would, then the when Sopranos came out, all those questions started. Yeah, that, you know, and that happened to me, too. I, I thought... My dad handled that really the best way because he's, and he's so funny because he's just, I mean, he's like really stereotypical Italian dad, but he goes, you know, because we were like in, in high school, starting high school around there. I don't it, I feel like I'm probably maybe a little bit older than you. I'm 32. I'm a little bit old. I'll be 35. And uh, so I remember like the first few boyfriends that came home and my dad was like, he, my dad decided, he was like, you know what? If they're going to think I'm Tony Soprano, <laughs> I'm going to roll with this. <laughs> Might as well use this <laughs> He's time. like, I am going to use this to my advantage. But he did. And he always used to say, he goes, you know what? If someone is ignorant enough to be afraid of me, let them be afraid. Yeah. 
That's true. You know, there, there. Honestly, I actually love the the show Sopranos. I worked on the show Sopranos when I was a little girl. Uh, Sopranos. Uh, no, Nona Romana worked on Sopranos. My entire family participated in Sopranos. I, my family knew the family that owned the Soprano house. Oh my gosh! I don't say negative things about that no, show because I, it was artistically a tremendously well made show. It's still it's just celebrated as one of the best TV shows ever made. And it yeah, was, I mean, it's again from a broadcasting. Production st- you the, can't the, deny the it. The show is an incredible yeah, show. It it well is. cast, well acted, yes. well written, everything. And then there was one episode um, of Sopranos that actually I, I really did identify with. Tony was trying to fit in with these like Metagon people mm-hmm. that uh, his neighbor was friends with. Um, and they were playing golf and stuff. And they started asking him these kind of like demeaning questions like, uh, did you know, did your dad know Sinatra or like uh, really like just funny like, really things. Th- and he goes back to his therapist. and He's like, I felt like the dancing bear, <laughs> you know, like I felt like they were making fun of me. I do know that feeling. Uh, you feel like an organ grinder sometimes. Yeah. That happened to me when I moved to Texas and they would ask me weird questions. And I, like, well, Texas. Yeah. Tech, what are you doing going say, to Texas? You guys are complaining about the burbs in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know I've done a lot of stupid stuff in my life believe me but my brother had a had a a best friend in college and it was always like he would do this impression of my dad that would be like hey Lonnie go drink your olive oil (laughs) my dad does not sound like that if anyone has ever met the Vito (laughs) you know you guys know Vito doesn't sound like that but that was uh, it was interesting to know that that was a lot of people's impression of us I always remember being a, a kid in grade school and at, at lunch, <laughs> the only one who had like, you know, like a bologna sandwich or something like that. People would be like, what is that? And I was like, no, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about lunches Mortadella? a lot. Mortadella? No. No. <laughs> no. Salat? No. Not, didn't translate to you everybody. You want to trade? <laughs> I know, yeah, right? Nobody no ever trades. wanted to trade. Nobody, not that I was about to trade anyway, but nobody, they were like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so you, so you were in the burbs your whole My life. My whole life, yeah. And... How did you get into, I mean, I, you know, you have a background in production, but how, how, how the culinary world? <sighs> I, you know, just I, Italian kid from Jersey. I was so blessed. I, uh, you know, uh, and uh, Ro, I, I met, had the opportunity and the, the pleasure of meeting your grandmother, and she's a wonderful person. I had both my grandmothers and a great-grandmother until I was at least 18 years old. So I, they, they didn't, unfortunately, they didn't make it long enough that they, they could also then uh, be on the show and things like that. But, um, you know, certainly they imparted their knowledge to me. And I remember... You know, it would be like the uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving or something like that. We would all be at my grandmother's house rolling, you know, 1,500 gnocchi for, you know. Yes. Oh, my God. I've never gone out on a Thanksgiving Eve in my Neither entire life. life. No. Yeah, I, I didn't know that that was a that, thing. That, that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, well, you all don't have to get together and make the pasta? No? <laughs> yeah. Nobody? That's, that's just true. us? <laughs> I never no. left the house. It was like, it was part of the holiday. Yeah, but who's making, who's, you know, cooking the artichokes if yeah. you're out at a club? <laughs> yeah. You can't. It can't be made earlier. Yeah. So you always had the interest. Yes. Well, so it just, not even an interest. It was just always a part of what we did. We were just always, and even, uh, you know, like friends and stuff like, you know, we were always at cousins' houses or, you know, who's, Mm -hmm. which aunt's house were you all sleeping at that weekend? I mean, we were out with friends once in a while, but we were just always, always together, my family. So I just always, and always cooking. So that was just how I grew up. So in my mind, and I remember going to college and I would do like my internship and I would buy, we had like a little apartment. So I would get like the little four ounce cans of crushed tomato and like a box of Berlin. Like that would be like dinner yeah. for like the whole, cause I was like, this was like five nights of dinner for, you know, 89 yeah. cents a, a my plate. My father <gasps> loves to go through that math. He's like, you don't understand. People don't get it. We ate on pennies. It's a pound of pasta. It's a can of this. And he will repeat, that is his mantra. But they're right. He's right. Yeah. But, and it's, well, and not only that, and then I remember, cause my, so I would just, you know, make my little, you know, cup of pasta, you know, make a little mini one, two, three sauce or whatever. And my roommates would be like, you cooked. And I was like, I boiled water. What do you mean you cooked? I was like, you guys can do this. And they, but they didn't. They, nobody had ever taught them what we know. And that was kind of my first inkling of like, people are not learning these things anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the older I got and the more people I encountered and the more I talked to people, the more it occurred to me that I was like, oh, this is a skill that I have that, you know, that people aren't familiar with. And I enjoy it so much. And I was always happy to, to teach friends and things like that. So the show itself actually started, it was a, a segment on News 12 New Jersey where I had uh, initially worked. And um, they canceled it eventually. And then when I left, uh, my husband and I, just, he was like, you know, we do the work anyway and we enjoy it. We might as well, let's just keep going and see what happens. So that That's was fantastic. really the, <laughs> the start of it. You know, and a lot of people, um, I think you're really like fortunate and very blessed to have your husband with you. Oh, yeah. 
that is willing to do this kind of thing. Because when a lot of people uh, want to maybe try the stuff and they're like, but how do I do it? You know, they don't realize that, you know, today we see it a lot with Instagram. The the guy taking the pictures is usually the boyfriend, the husband. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, someone you can't get rid of. Yeah. So it isn't easy. And um, everyone has different circumstances, but it does make it so much easier when you have someone by your side that is helping you because yeah. it, you don't you can't do it alone. In reality, it, no. it's something that really does require yeah. the commitment of another person, uh, of at least one other person. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. So and that was that was it. So we joke. We, we really both love our, our ends of the camera. So so he's the, the camera operator and the, the editor and he loves tech and he loves gear and and cameras and he's just he was probably gonna buy all that stuff anyway and it was gonna sit in the basement right. so we were like well let's yeah. use we it. should use it yeah. it's like laura vitale and her husband it's yes. a very fortuitous pairing yeah when that happens. it just worked out yeah <laughs> absolutely and you you have now you know actually given me something because I, you know we talk a lot about different generations and rose parents came over here it sounds like you and i are of similar generations of you know the italian american experience my i had grandfather born there but Three of my grandparents were born here, yeah. but we had this Brooklyn to the suburb experience that really affected us. And I think a lot of this stuff, like people in our generation who didn't learn, is because we might have been some of the last people as an ethnic group that were still living, even when we moved to the suburbs, like clans. Yes. Like you said, like you, who, we would do the same thing. Go to your grandparents, go to your aunts That's and uncles. Everybody was cooking together. <laughs> so it, it, that idea of passing something on by osmosis has been gone in a lot of ethnic groups in this country for a for while. For a long time, yeah. And I think we might be the sort of standard bearers for it yeah. in, in these next generations. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, I think, you know, what we both do and our, our shows are very different, but I think at the end of the day, it's just passing on the information is really the goal. And it's, uh, you know, and it is, it's so important because people don't have that. I, I And I, for as much as we were talking about, you know, people love to criticize and complain I also love the comments that are like, oh, my God, my grandmother used to make this and I never bothered to write down the recipe. Thank you. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, I, I don't think there can be enough information yeah. out there. And the, the beauty of today and YouTube and whatever, you know, you don't have to choose yeah. a channel to like no, or to follow. Can, and you can watch it all and never miss an yeah. episode. True, yeah. You're allowed to like <laughs> everyone. Many watch it at the same time. It's, it's totally cool. Up. You can own yeah. multiple cookbooks. You can watch multiple shows. You can like multiple well, food personalities. Yeah. It's really okay. I've had a, I had a woman yesterday like, you know, uh, I, I don't like you anymore. I'm going to watch Pasquale Sharapa instead. He's funny. <laughs> And his <laughs> recipes are free. And I was like, my recipes are free. The, there are exclusive recipes in a cookbook. Even Lydia writes cookbooks <laughs> yeah. with exclusive recipes in it. It's a slow you roll. <laughs> but I'm like, it's okay. You can like me and Pasquale. Yeah. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. It's all there's good. Not, there's not a limit. You no, know? this is no longer <laughs> the era of like three channels and time slots. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. I, we talk about that a lot, especially because this idea of podcasting is new to a lot of people. So like, well, what time are you on? I'm like, no, it's great. You can listen whenever you want. Whenever you like, want. Are you, what about that other show? I'm like, no, you can listen to all of the shows. Yeah, you, no, you have we don't care. 24 <laughs> hours a day to do whatever you choose. And this is all great information. And yeah. I don't believe, I think we're freed, which is outside of the Italian American character from the sense that we have to be competing to get stuff out there. Yeah. We can, we can be sort of working in, in no, it's so tandem nice. now. It's well, really I nice. think that this all comes from the fact that we are grossly underrepresented in show business as a community. I mean, if you see any, like, Italian-American presenter host something, you know, the, the fact that they let them have an Italian-American last name or an yeah. Italian last name yeah. is a big deal. But, you know, they don't have accents. They don't – they have no – they're watered down. They're washed yes. out of any sort of – real culture they still have to act like totally metacon to be taken seriously Either that or there was a, and i can't think of his name right now but um sons of anarchy the character was puerto rican but it was played by an italian-american actor really yeah. yeah wow you don't see that a lot I, no. and i was like i was really surprised by that and i was like that's interesting but usually you see the other way around the other way around yeah yeah I, I forget what movie it was and jennifer lopez was playing an italian and the guy who was playing her father was Jewish. Oh, the uh, the wedding planner. Was that it? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. There's 25 million of us. You couldn't find two people to play. <laughs> like, well, what like the, the Versace heck? American Crime Story. Everyone was Latin American. Was Hispanic. Was Latin American. I, I mean, Penelope Cruz. She played Italian. She played Donatella Versace. Um, <laughs> the guy who played Johnny Versace was also Spanish speaking. 
uh, everyone, <laughs> pretty much the entire cast that played into the weird. Italians. Think about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't love that. Uh, as someone who, you know, has a background in acting and stuff, and, you know, my mom is an actress, an actress in every <laughs> theater, <laughs> film, TV, every everything. I, you know, I think there are enough Italian and Italian-American actors to, to make good decisions. Not just Giancarlo Giannini, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have other choices. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I sometimes I think, like, we... we as a community do, I mean, so I'm thinking about this when, when you were talking about your grandparents' story, I'm like, that's a phenomenal Italian-American story yeah. that, like, would, in my mind, would make fantastic film. I've always, content. I was like, I would yeah. love to turn that into yeah. a movie. I just think it would be such a great story. We need but to do more of that. The point that I was making before is that before, I think people felt like they had to choose, like, oh, there can only be one Italian, like, you know, right. Jada is the Italian queen of Food Network. Yes. And they're, it's going to be really hard for them to hire another, another st- Italian food show. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we have Jada. Yeah. Why do we need other people? Yeah. You know, that, so <laughs> I think. that's It's like one person fills that slot. Right, and and yes. it's not fair, and it's not right, and I think we're slowly moving, but we are moving away from that in 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 the sense that there are so many of us doing it now that they can't ignore us forever. And I think the you know the internet, as for as much damage as it does, it's such a nice thing. It makes the world smaller. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. every dream possible and accessible for people. And 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 like you said, you know. People know, you know, we even for us as, as when we come home from work, like I don't really watch re- traditional broadcast television anymore. We're searching the content that we specifically mm-hmm. want to yeah. watch on the topics that we want to see. And we're watching the people that we love. And there's no one representation no. of Italian culture or Italian-American culture. No. There's no one way to be Italian-American. This show right here is about how everyone else has a different Italian-American different experience. Story. Yeah. So to put just one person out there and represent us is wrong. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. I actually think what's happening is because of the abundance of platforms and the fact that you can have your own platform, as you've been proving for a decade, that the truth of the matter is there's nobody to decide who represents who anymore. Yeah. That's the beauty. It's yeah. decided by the people. Yeah. Uh, like, it really is a matter of do you appeal to an audience? And I just, like, you know, I didn't come from – any of this field, so <laughs> I'm bumbling and stumbling through it. Thank goodness I got Roe and our friends to help, but um, I think the idea is like just do something with a lot of heart. Yeah. Do something that has a dignity to it. Tr- try to be entertaining and educational and be confident enough to risk that that's going to be good enough for people to be drawn to. Yeah. If you set out, when you're doing something like this, if you don't love it, it's not going to work because people aren't stupid and people can see when you don't care about they, something. Yeah. And also, if you said, I felt, I mean, maybe it's because I haven't gone there yet, but I've, I've been doing this for 10 years. So, like, I found that if you set out with the goal to, like, reach these super high, crazy uh, points in your career, you're almost certainly going to fail and you're almost certainly going to be disappointed. You have to just keep doing what you do, keep doing, putting your head down and just doing the work because it is work. And uh, someday someone will see that and be like, oh, where the hell have you been? You know, yeah. and you're like, I've been right here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, and it's true. And I think it's that, you know, it's loving it and that um, that authenticity. It just, it, you know, it comes across. So it, it's, you know, when you present something, you know, and especially for actually so to somewhat go back to one of the conversations we were having earlier about, you know, how everybody has their own way of, of doing a certain dish or whatnot. So I put out my family's meatball recipe and I prefaced the whole video. And I was like, listen to me very closely, all of you. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is how my family does it. I happen to like it this way. And if you've never made a meatball in your life, try this. You have this. And then adjust as you go. Not saying there are no other meatballs. I'm not saying that your grandmother was wrong, your mother was wrong, your great aunt, whomever. If you know how they did it, do it that way. Yeah. But... If you never tried one before, here's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pat has the greatest line ever. It's like, how do we unite a people that can't agree on a meatball recipe? Yeah, that's, and, and it's true. Was that your most controversial contribution no, Do you to know what? Be- I think, honestly, because I had prefaced it that way, it really, d- a lot of people were like, you know, thanks so much for sharing, you know. And then they would, in a kind way, say, you know, <laughs> my grandmother did it this way, or I never thought to do that, or I never... But I have had other recipes that, like, I just kind of put out there, and people were like, what the hell is this garbage? What, what is there anything that you think might trigger controversy around your family's meatball recipe? Is it? Is there anything, like, you know, some the, people... The ingredient that I think would probably drive people most insane is... Um, <clears throat> 
very specifically, it has to be Pepperidge Farm stuffing in the blue package. Oh, wait a minute. Instead that, of breadcrumb. I got to wow. digest what that means. Instead of breadcrumb. Wowie, wow. It's got to be like the bigger stuffing. Stuffing in the blue package. Okay. Yes. All okay, right. but it's still bread. And it's still bread. Yeah. And is it's it soaked? soaked? Yeah, and then soaked in a little bit of water. And then, yeah, so yeah. that's that's probably the one thing that was like very specific. See, <laughs> there really are like so many variables. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the hybridized recipes of yes. Italian American yeah. life because my family, you know, like we do Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and. My grandmother, who Ro interacts with a good amount, she grew up in Queens. I guess her mother or her aunt was the first to bring a turkey into the house. And they did this stuffing that I always figured was like an American recipe. It's basically, you know, stale white bread, uh, mozzarella, parsley, uh, a cup of salt, pepper, a couple of spices, and egg. And it's this, it's one of my favorite things in the world. And every Thanksgiving, my mother's got to make extra outside the turkey because we fight over it. And this year I was in Molise as part of the National Italian American Foundation mission trip there. And they took us to a dinner and they said, this is this Molizana specialty. It's a bread meatball. And it was identical to my grandmother's turkey stuffing. And, and we started digging into the history of it. And obviously there's a lot of bread meatballs in Italy, but uh, I sort of, went backwards and said, wow, maybe this, you know, this, where does this hybrid come from? It's an yeah. anthropological mystery. Even when you take I the meat that. out, people are going to fight over the recipe. <laughs> oh, uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. Of yeah, course. Right. Yeah. But I love stuff like that. No, see, uh, yeah, that's, that's completely fascinating to me. And I love stuff. That's why I, I, for me, it's that the story of the food and I love, yeah. you know, chasing that backwards and going, you know, where did this really come from and how did you, and even then, like you said, to, to learn about other cultures and see the similarities. Like I love, uh, you know, Greek food, North African food, just to kind of sit there and go, hey, that looks real familiar. Yeah. You know? You know where the tree splits and where the branches Yeah. Like that, a recipe great. tells a story of, like, why did they do it this way? Yep. There was a reason, usually. Yeah. It's never just because because we like, you know. because yeah, we it, thought it sounded good. It's <laughs> like the no meat meatballs yeah. came about because they, they couldn't afford the meat. They couldn't afford <laughs> the meat, you know? exactly, yeah. I've only faced criticism around food the one time I've ever put myself out into the world around food, (laughs) (laughs) of course, because I did it in an Italian-American venue. When I was at NIAF, I thought, you know, I'm not very social media savvy, so I said, oh, it'd be great. Oh, when you put coffee in the sauce? I said, it'd be great if we we showed (laughs) the NIAF uh, members through Facebook our Christmas Eve because I and that was a brilliant idea by I, the way I mean like on paper yes it was it abs- I will take credit for that but Christmas I, Eve on Arthur Avenue on Arthur Avenue yeah buying the, I cook I've been cooking since my grandfather died when I was 16 so my, my, me my brothers my cousins so it's this new generation I thought this is great went to Arthur Avenue did an episode went this every fish and we have this one sauce that we make for squangili that We've kind of hybridized from what my grandfather used to do, trying to replicate a restaurant that we love. We got all these theories. Somebody said they put coffee. There's always like the secret ingredient yeah, yeah, yeah. missing. So I'm literally sort of trying it out on this thing. And I, it was probably the highest interacted with, what's the word? The, the, engagement. The engagement. Nayef, I forgot, was people telling me that I was a, a traitor to my ethnicity and I wasn't a real Italian. <laughs> How could you put coffee and sauce? And it? But, you know, it was... Not not well received, but, but <laughs> had a lot of traction. So even bad publicity is good. Publicity. Oh, well, that's it. That's so sometimes publicity. I just sit there and go, "Thank you for upping the engagement on this <laughs> right, on this video." Great. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's we'll it's a it. it's a tricky thing. You don't want to feed into negativity, but those are the facts. Thank you, Facebook, for making fighting the most engaging thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could do. And thank God, Italian Americans are good at fighting. <laughs> as true. I say, we, that's we, say, we can always clap back. It's yeah. True, we're experts at bickering with one another. You have this. Um, you have this journalist background, right? Yes. That obviously goes into the production side of what you're doing. But you've also got a nutritionist. What, what's I always make this word wrong. My wife makes fun of me. Is it nutritionist, nutritionalist? What? So, so my certificate is I'm technically a health coach. Teach me so the So a health coach looks uh, is more of a holistic standpoint. Uh, so nutritionists have. Um, a, they're licensed and can take insurance, which is why they <laughs> tend to get a little bit of a better rep. But um, it's very science-based mm-hmm. uh, nutritionist. So it's very like these are your macronutrients, these are your micronutrients, and you know it, it's down to a cellular level. Whereas when I work with a client, I'm really working with how do you feel? How yeah. do your pants fit? You yeah. feel good? How's your mood? You know, so it's more stuff like that where we really look at the whole person because, uh, you know. I can convince you to eat all the broccoli rob on the planet, but if there's something in your life that's making you miserable, it's not going to make you healthy. Right. So we kind of uh, take into account all of those aspects. And did you come to this 
calling before or after you were cooking on a camera? After. After. Yeah, after. That's well, you know what? It really kind of came. I, I, because I love food and I love cooking and I love learning. I was always, I always enjoyed being a student. Um, and I wanted just to kind of get more. And I always kind of knew there was something so satisfying about, you know, like a home cooked meal or going back to your mother, your grandmother's house. And I was like, there's, there's some tie there. Like I could see it and I just couldn't quite kind of put my finger on it. And then I found this program online and it really kind of, to me, connected all the dots sort of a thing where it was like, food is your medicine and it heals not only your body, but your soul. And that's why it's okay to have a plate of pasta once in a while, if it's going to make your heart happy and don't worry so much about your gut. (laughs) Right. It's interesting because we hear a lot about the benefits of Mediterranean diet and, oh, yeah. you know, Rosetto, Pennsylvania, where mm-hmm. they ate what they wanted. Yes. But they, like, do you see anything from a professional perspective differently now about the food that we as a culture eat than you thought going in? Has any opinion changed for you? I, is it validated that it's a healthier lifestyle? Like, what, what is your professional take now? I, I definitely think, yes, I think the true Mediterranean diet, and I think, uh, and for some, as I think this is kind of where the, the Italian-Americans, you know, that, that American excess... Uh, nothing calm is in the Mediterranean yeah, diet. Yeah, took yeah. it, took yeah. it no, over the yeah, edge. No, wait, wait. But the true Mediterranean diet, yes, absolutely, is one of the healthiest diets yeah. on the planet. I mean, it's, it's olive oil, it's, it's raw nuts, it's fish, it's fresh vegetables, um, and for sure, those things are, are wonderful for you and, and in a number of ways. But it's also, again, because it's looking at that holistic, it's the community aspect of yeah. it. It's the family aspect of it. Um, even for us here in this country, they found it, um, families who cook and sit down together even one night a week, your children are will get better grades in school and are less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Wow. That's one dinner a week. That's heavy. Put that's them down that's at, the, why, at the dinner that's table. That's why we always say make Sunday Italian again. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought it was just that. my mother saying like every little thing, oh, you're going to end up a drug addict on the street. <laughs> exactly, right? You know, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's have sitting down and having yeah. that, and even having that conversation right. with your mother. You but know? it was because yeah. she said that at the dinner table. It was, you yes. Know? Yeah. If you don't eat your vegetables, you're going to end up a drug addict. <laughs> Somewhere your mother is right, I guess. Somewhere yeah. along the line. I like yeah. to get these validations professionally. I'm glad that you yeah. are uh, yeah. you are coming here with a professional opinion because I have family members that'll be in, you know, uh, an hour into a plate of steak, pizzaiola, chicken parmigiana, sausage, and <laughs> peppers. Like, no, it's the Mediterranean diet. I'm like, like, no, no, we're Mediterranean ethnicity. That ain't the Mediterranean that's diet. The, that's yeah. not no, the no. Mediterranean. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's not. So, you know, so you do have to kind of, I think here in this country in general is where you have to watch kind of, uh, you know, what is it really <laughs> that we're eating? Yeah. But at the same time, going back to like, you know, does your soul need that? And exactly. maybe your soul definitely does need some big ZD, oh, yeah. you know, at a big Sunday dinner. Of course. And you know what? And this is, and the example that I use when I give talks actually is, is just because it's such a common example in here is fried chicken, but we can use chicken parm instead. Uh, you know, cooking, could, this is where the cooking for yourself comes in. Okay. So you take a dish that we all know is not really good for you in general, but okay, so maybe you bought locally raised, humanely raised chicken. Maybe mm-hmm. you used, uh, uh, you know, a, a whole wheat uh, crumb. Maybe you used fresh herbs from your garden. Um, maybe you baked it instead of frying it in the pan. Maybe you made your own sauce from your tomato, you know, and all of a sudden you took this dish that's maybe not good for you, but you've elevated it. Yeah. You know what went into it. You did the things that you could to make it the best it could be. So that's where then the cooking at home just comes into it's like because I, I tell people that's the other thing I tell people I don't care what you eat cook it at home yeah you're yeah. you're in I mean you're in the they say nose to tail part of the process you yeah. are familiar with the ingredients you well when you know how to cook you also you sometimes you think you don't know how to make something healthy but you do because yeah. you have that inherent knowledge of like oh okay I know how to do this and then you start reading a book about it uh, and you're like oh wait I know how to do this yeah. Or even, and I'm sure you do this too. You know, I'll find a recipe and I go, wow, that sounds really good, but you know, I don't really like that and, and we don't want to be eating this. And I'll, I can think of the swap right away. People are <laughs> afraid, though, to, to do to it on their I, I get questions all the time that are like, is it okay if I don't put the beans in? It's like, you could do whatever you want. Anything. It's your Please. food. I don't, you're not going to make me upset. I can't find escarole. Can I use something else? Yes. What yes. are you asking me for? But that's, but that's the interesting thing about how we've become as a culture that has the luxury of preserving recipes, you know, from an anthropological perspective, it's the confusion between the sacred mm-hmm. and the profane. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, the sacred here mm-hmm. is you're cooking uh, foods in manners with people 
that are connected to you in your life, its history, your ancestry, and you're doing this, A, as mu- like you say, as much for the time together, the health benefits, the value of family, and keeping that alive. It's as much an excuse to be together yeah. as it is I have to put three grams of, I don't know, what is, or salt or whatever the heck it is. We, we just get confused with I that. I think sometimes. it's also about, you know, uh, people not being confident home cooking as much because of Seamless and Grubhub and all these things and how easy it is to just order food on demand. Um, The idea of handcrafting something yourself is daunting and you you are worried like, hey, am I going to do this wrong? Like, I don't know. And, you know, I I sent one of my friends a recipe. She had like this roast that um, was really expensive that they bought from some upstate farm or whatever. And it was beautiful. She's like, oh, what do I do with this? What do I do? I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, and I sent her like a small paragraph text message. It's like ABC. You yeah. know, you got to sear it. Then you toss some vegetables in it. Don't empty the pan or anything. And then you're going to throw it in the oven. I mean, One, two, three. She's yeah. like, oh, I don't know. You know, that's, and that's, and, and I don't know if you found this with the, the trouble too, you know, God forbid Italians or Italians, Americans write anything down or measure anything. So when it comes to publishing stuff out on a website and and I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, how much salt did I just put in? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's it, because it, you know what you're doing. So, and cooking that way, if, if I could figure out a way to really teach people how to intuitively cook that way, then my work is done here, but it's the hardest thing. I mean, the only thing that I kind of just throw the towel in is with pasta dough because everybody wants an exact recipe for pasta dough. And it's like, guys, I, you know, is it humid out? I don't know. You got to touch it. I, I was just teaching a pasta class the other night and I did, I went around and I made everybody touch the dough and I was like, I can't like, you know, and even we were making gnocchi dough too with the potato. And I was like, some potatoes have more moisture than other potatoes. Some potatoes are slightly larger or smaller than other potatoes. I was like, I can't tell you. Or they get mad at you. They're like, why doesn't this work? And it's like, uh, touch it. Touch it. I was like, just keep going. You know, if it's sticky, put more flour. If it's dry, put more liquid. (laughs) It is hard. People don't think about that. Like you have to, I mean, look, you're, you're doing online cooking classes, right? Yes. To be fair, I've never heard of, an, I mean, I've heard of, first of all, I'm not great with the computer, <laughs> but like I've heard of a lot of online courses. Cooking is really fascinating to me because you're not there with the person, right? You can't. How did that come about and, and what has the experience been with it? Yeah. Tell us how that works because that's really, really interesting. You know what? It was really, that was just really, I guess, the best description of it that we could put because it was, you know, we're doing the recipe step by step. Here's what it looks like. Here's what we're using. Here's what you need to know about it. And when we just kind of sat down and we're like, okay, you know, like, what is it really that we're putting out here? Because it's not, you know, it's still built for YouTube. So it's not a full 30 minute cooking show. It's not, you know, um, so we kind of try to, you know, we get it all in, we get all the steps in, we get all the descriptors in. Um, you know, generally in five to seven minutes. Right. <laughs> so, um, and, and that was it. So we were just said, you know, listen, it's it's basically a cooking class online. Here's how to make this thing. Mm. You know, mm. so we do it step by step in the video. You can see it. You can hear it. You just can't smell or taste it. You can read it. We got the written recipe out there for you. And, you know, hopefully people take that home and, and try it. Have you ever thought of a platform where you can interact? Like I know some friend that my wife does her cycle class from her house and she interacts with the cycle instructor again this is star trek to me so <laughs> i was uh, gonna yeah. say yeah. i don't even know i wouldn't even know where to begin <laughs> with i have to like be on standby <laughs> for yeah. something like that people are doing this right they're like they're they're interacting from afar have you ever thought of I, you know what there's yes yeah, certainly there's uh the idea of doing some live element um the technology that we have doesn't necessarily allow for that at the moment Imagine if you were just like in a box and someone was like, oh, you know, tune in. Like, Kara, Kara, I want to make chicken cutlets, Kara. Yeah. <laughs> like on-demand cooking. I know, right? I was gonna say, it, would have, it would have to start in the grocery store because uh, I, yes. you know, I, I, mean, I got to have everything in the house ready yeah, to roll. That's true. <laughs> it's like these doctors now. What do they call them? Uh, these, Doctor these, on demand. Yeah. They, they, they get, you know, and, and if all the information's just in your head and it's just a conversation, sure. Yeah. You know, but to show somebody something step-by-step step like that, it's like, mm. Yeah, cooking is... You know, it's, it is, yeah, absolutely. But again, uh, you know, all of those videos are there. They're ready for you on demand. If there's something you're looking for, you can look it up and watch it and try it. Yeah, and I mean, if there, if you have questions, you can. Uh, we couldn't be easier to find yes. nowadays. <laughs> like we have several True. different oh, platforms. Where we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can ask a question right on YouTube. You can email me. You, can <laughs> you know what the question that always comes to my mind that I, 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 go, I call my my grandmother. But it's always hard for me to answer because like, my grandmother 
would not waste anything. <laughs> when is something's shelf life real? Like, uh, you know, even fresh, like my friend uh, gave me some tomatoes and peppers from her grandfather's garden. And I'm like, okay, a couple of days later, I was able to cook them. But I'm like, I don't know how long these things last. I don't know. Like, I know how to cook, but I don't have that sort of uh, real, I don't want to say, what's the word they used to use? Home economic yeah. experience to know, like. Uh, no one does. That's the no problem. One no one anymore. does. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I was going to say, I, I mean, the, the, the science there is, you know, generally, like, somewhere between four and seven days, depending on exactly what it is and how it was prepared. But no, I, again, see, I, I think we all come that, from that culture of like, oh my God, you don't waste food. No, throw it out. Oh yeah. my God. If you something's a week old, my nonna will say, boil it. But yeah. <laughs> and it's got new life and yeah. it can last another week. Yeah. That's great. Uh, don't, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> please. Don't, yeah, don't necessarily do that. Yeah. But uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, they, and, I, and I think that really comes from the, that immigrant culture of like, you know, uh, you know, this is all we have. So we got it's got to yeah, last. Gotta yeah. go. Oh, oh, yesterday I was working all day yesterday. We filmed like four different shows and uh, I was spending the day at Nona Rowana's house and her refrigerator. Someone asked me to do a tour of her of her fridge and I <laughs> refused because I can't be putting that out there. There's stuff in there from the <laughs> mid 90s. We don't know what some of it is. It's packed to the brim. It's not pretty. It's not pretty, guys. Yeah, you don't no. want to see it. And um, I found some pizza in there that was definitely at least a week old. <laughs> Several slices of pizza. Very normal to me. Several slices of pizza. Yeah, okay. But I threw them away because she has other things to eat that she should be consuming yeah. before this pizza. Before this week old pizza. Right. And the like everyone who thinks that I have a nice Nona, like that never gets upset or whatever, does has never seen her watch me throw something throw out food. that she still thinks is good because <laughs> the vitriol just the 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 tone level changes. I'm gonna put that Nona out there and see how many people like her. Cause she said some nasty things to me, some of which are gonna stay with me for the next week or so. Um, I'm never that. gonna have own anything. Uh, that's why I don't own my own house. That's, um, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm ruined. You know, I'm just a ruined woman. <laughs> so many things. Her argument was that she was about to freeze it. Because freezing also yeah, last, preserves. I was going to say, I yeah. mean, I do normally freeze it, but yeah. I freeze it right away. Right. Yeah. You don't no, freeze. No. Who's freezing week old pizza? No, no. no, no. And no. yeah, and I and I got rid of it, and she was really upset. Because <laughs> you don't throw is, away nothing. My no. grandmother is, is the last person I know who has the science of the coupon, or some people say coupon. Oh, yeah. Like your shit. grandmother's, oh, so your known is incredible. She's unbelievable. I mean, she's, she it's is like an a rock. eBay like a, rock star. Oh, eBay. She'll buy stuff if it's this sale, and she knows that if they don't have enough, she gets a range. I mean, her gandina downstairs in their house is like, you could survive. In, first of all, they're in the mountains, so you're not going to get yeah. affected if there's a nuclear blast. You could live there forever, and you'll be <laughs> eating contadina tomato paste and into like the 2070s, because <laughs> it's just there, it's, and it's all like, Perfectly organized. Well, because they they don't realize, though, like uh, my nonna and her sister and her brother-in-law do that. They're a trio, and my uncle gets the car out, and they make their rounds. They go here for, for the, the seltzer because it's on sale, here for the detergent, here over the, you know. They don't realize how much they're spending in gas to get to all these places, <laughs> but they got all the circulars, and they're going to use them. And th yes, absolutely. I remember my great-grandmother paying for groceries, not just in cash, in coins. Wow. She would sit there. And, and then we used to laugh, too. God, pennies are money, too. Everything <laughs> everything was cinquanta. And I was like, I don't know how she knows that she's cut. Because you would listen. And she was like, cinquanta, cinquanta, cinquanta. <laughs> I was like, what? It's yeah, the number's not changing. <laughs> so we, we, we've definitely lost something with the idea of economics from these people that we, we it's just hard to carry on. The world just doesn't. You know, it is. I, I don't, it isn't. It isn't. Because I think what happened for us, and maybe it's a good thing, is we've started to put the value back in our time. Yeah, that's true. Which is something that got lost, you know. That's the, true. The lost as well. They, that was a luxury they didn't even have. Yeah, you know, it was always about the money yeah. and, you know, how are you going to make that dollar stretch? And at this point, you know, we're very blessed because of them. We have the luxury to not worry so much about the money, but how am I going to spend that money to give myself more, a little more time? Yeah, that's really but a good that's point. But that's like, the, that's why people don't cook at home because they think it takes too much time. I actually have a friend whose husband pays her to cook and clean. That just blew my mind. She actually has an MBA from Columbia, so uh, she's not she, she's using it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there you go. She's like the the amount of money I spend on groceries plus time it takes to cook equals two seamless meals. 
I'll go this way. There was an article that a guy wrote, and he he literally said, he goes, I could not afford to have my wife go back to work. And he told her, he, he was like, if I, on a rough basis, add up everything that she does at home from driver, if I had to Uber those kids or have somebody drive them somewhere, if I had to have somebody cook for them, if I had to have pay somebody to run all the errands and do this and do that, he, he was like, my stay-at-home wife is worth about $85,000 a year. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely a true. A true yeah. stay-at-home wife who yeah. actually does Who cooking. does yeah. all yeah. those yeah. things? Absolutely. Yeah. It's an intensive full-time inten- It's absolutely a full-time mm. job. So my yeah, mother-in-law th- is awake at 5 a.m. every day and manages a... a household uh yeah. and and you know the diets and lives and whatever of people and, and does it well which is the part that at yeah. this point is mind-boggling to me because i'm like you know it's just the two of us and a dog and i sometimes have trouble <laughs> managing. Yeah. It's, it's like my it's wife gotten... and i i'm like what are we ha- what are we managing here it's <laughs> us and the, and the bulldog but but it's gotten it's gotten a lot harder to be that's a whole nother episode how, <laughs> how much harder it's gotten to be a woman but you know there is something to be said uh about a woman that that dedicated her life to her family oh yeah and didn't take a a formal paycheck for it but you know took pride in you know maybe even having like a little garden and growing some vegetables and using them and uh and uh hand washing stuff instead of going to a dry cleaner oh i know how to get this spot out i'm gonna do it and uh and just having the time to to really dedicate yourself to your household and your family it's hard and a lot of us kind of wish that it was still like that and we did have the luxury of having Uh, the time to do that yeah like no this is what i'm gonna you know if malcolm gladwell said if you spend ten thousand hours doing something you're an expert i mean these women are were experts over and over over and and over over again yeah a million times over and that's why they knew how to crochet and embroider and sew and hem things and stuff that we are not taught to do anymore because we're taught to go to school and get formal education can i tell the audience and our guest carrie here about my dream show for you to create (laughs) oh god i have this request can (laughs) i make me a nona i want ro to create a show called make me a nona and i want to take all these women who would like to know this stuff but don't we'll put them in like survivor style (laughs) games against one another of you know (laughs) how do you how do you fix a hem can you uh, preserve uh, pickle something? Like you really teach them. To I like be this a idea. Yeah, yeah. this could work. I think there's some yeah. value to it. Actually. Oh, for sure. Have them all. Have them all their work checked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> all the nonas could come in, and they and have to look check. good in a house dress. You know, that's yeah. important. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. It's so true that you know what I, I laugh now that you're mentioning. I remember. I remember my great grandmother making me the first time she taught me how to roll gnocchi. And I rolled the same seven gnocchi all afternoon because she was not going to serve them until they were perfect. <laughs> so true. So she, like, need, I was yeah, like seven years old. She was like, she can't help until she gets yeah. it right. That's <laughs> that, You got to have it. That's, That's why what they makes you good. They yeah. didn't used to let, like so many kids are like, no, I wasn't allowed like in the kitchen. They didn't trust yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, until they, they trust that, you know, you're, now my nona will let me do anything. She yeah. prefers, actually, she's older, so she prefers that I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for a long time, it was like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, get yeah, the, get, hell, get out the hell out of here. It's a long apprenticeship. It, it is. Really is. It, is. It, it really, really is. And I tried several other, you know, areas, like the sewing part. I had no head for the sewing yeah, part. Yeah, no, I And that was what I originally wanted to do with myself. I wanted to be a fashion designer. Like, I, I would sketch all the time, and I, I designed my communion dress when I was eight, which looked like a Barbie wedding dress that no one made. Um, but I love it. she tried to put me on the machine, and I failed miserably. I was like, uh, she showed me what a pattern was, how to cut it out, uh, how to do a hem. I was like, you know what it is? There's too much math to do a sewing hem. But think about the fact that this woman came from a foreign country, didn't, ma- didn't have the, the language here. I don't know how formal education, but... Could, well, could do all these things. Yeah, she These are she full-time jobs for people, and she no, could do no, them all, and could teach you all of them. Went to the fifth grade, and then she said she got, uh, she did the sixth grade, but they didn't, she didn't get promoted to the seventh grade, and she quit. And Amazing. Well, not she quit. I mean, she had six brothers and sisters. She went to work, yeah. She went to work. So she, she cooked for <laughs> them, and then when she came to America, she made $40 a week at the Howard Clothing Factory in Brooklyn. Oh, man. Sewing, sewing yeah. uh, men's coats. What, what a, what a... Just a generation and type of human being that, that these people were, oh, and yeah. what they could do oh, and, and, and stretch things. Well, we've talked for a long time. It's it's actually gone really quick. I've really enjoyed yeah. this. Yes, totally. Yes. Nice to be amongst our own tribe, sharing <laughs> coffee and pastries in this great borough of ours. Yes. But I do want to ask you a couple of quick questions sure. because you cook for <laughs> a, a, a profession. What's your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook is pr- probably pasta of any kind. Yeah. Pretty much. You, um, you prefer the pasta. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to eat? <laughs> like if you had the last meal. 
You know what? My last me- I've always said this. My last meal would be if somebody could match my great-grandmother's gnocchi in a bolognese sauce, that wow. would be – I mean, the woman was unbeatable. There's an article that came out a couple months ago about how bolognese is like – has evolved around the world to mean so many things, but yeah. to find an authentic sauce is actually almost impossible, you know, even in Bologna, which I is have, amazing to me. I have I take issue with people using the term like authentic with things like bolognese or lasagna la bolognese, which is a huge thing. You know, anytime I post, you know, pugliese lasagna, they're like, there is only one true lasagna, and it is lasagna la bolognese. You cannot call this lasagna. It is pasta al forno. <laughs> Those are always our friends from across the yes, yes, that have comments like that. Everybody, But the Italian bloggers are allowed to make anything. They could put Rice Krispie treats in it and call it lasagna. They're allowed to call it lasagna. They're allowed to Me, call I'm in Brooklyn. I'm not allowed to call it. Yeah. You're not allowed to call it now. Sure. Yeah, uh, please. Uh, but a bolognese is a ragu. Mm-hmm. Or or I love when you post something about ragu and they think you're talking about the, the dark sauce, sauce of ragu. And I'm like, no, uh, I'm no. like, I want to beat my head against the wall. No, Whoever started no. that company, though, Way to capture the, the, yeah. the brand, really. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I it's it's the word, but and it, it was does started, pop in my mind. It was started, it was started by, by Asunta something in, uh, in like, upstate New York. I, almost all those brands oh, were yeah. started yeah. by, you know, very original the, and authentic people, and then they just got bought. The, this what, is my obsession. What they, if they saw... I what always it think became. of what it became. Yeah. They, they had a picture oh, of their they're turning mind. in their graves. Uh, yeah, I'm of like sure. how people I'm feel sure. about it. You it, know me. I'm like I collect. I collect like old cans, old advertising for any brand that was started by an Italian. Because uh, all of these brands, I mean, Ranzoni and uh, Ragu and Contadina, and they, and then even some that we don't think of, Planters Peanuts and Tropicana uh, Orange Juice, and they, they have Italians at their roots. I think it's the greatest thing in the world, and you know. I mean, look, Chef Boyardee was started by an Italian chef from yes. Italy. A guy out of pocket fed the U.S. Armed Forces uh, during World War II. Guy is an American hero. Do I want to eat the spaghettios? Not particularly, no, but the, but the, 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 the origin was... His yeah. daughter is still around. She's a New York socialite, I'm sure. Really? <laughs> I don't know if I want to... Yeah, Maria Boyardee. I had no idea. B-O-I-A-R-D-E-E. Yeah. Yeah, she's around. Or be a, no, with an uh, I at the end. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have dyslexia, so you could tell yeah, me anything. Okay. I was, uh, but I, and so many of the names got yeah. butchered on their way in, right. too. Well, then it became B-O-Y-A-R-D-E. Yeah, yeah. You know, like from the... Yeah, 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 from the thing. can. That's like my life has been lived as John Viola and John Viola at the same time. Right, yes. right. Well, Not the easiest thing in the world. Try having a last name that sounds like Ragu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never thought of that. Or and Prego at the same time. Uh, yeah, People right. think I am the heiress to one or more. To one or the other. <laughs> jarred Several. Sauce, Feel jarred like I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. that I got a, my, it's my first name that confuses the, the hell out of people. Sarah? Tara? <laughs> really? Karen? Carolyn? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it's, like, no, Kara. Even my grandma. My, when I was born, my grandfather looked at my parents and went, but this is not a name. It's a word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he yeah. was not happy with them. <laughs> my poor brother... He doesn't listen yeah, to the show. Yeah, where'd they get he, Travis? A friend of a friend. And my mom and dad couldn't decide which. My third brother. Uh, me, my middle brother, both named after our grandparents. And my, my baby brother, my mom got to kind of pick. And dad and mom couldn't decide whose uncle they wanted to name him after. It was between Dominic and Salvatore. And <laughs> I love both those my, names. I do too. And, and, he and they went with Travis, like Travis, huh? With Travis. <laughs> and, and the poor kid, like, who calls him Harvest? Who calls him Travel? It was like, it was <sighs> just uh, it, not... He, my great grandmother, I think, called him Harvest or Travel, and uh, he had an Italian landlord from Milan when he first moved to the city who called him Trevor, and she was a Trevor, and it, he just even the first time that America OG wrote an article about me when I went to Nyaf, I wrote them the names, and they actually spelled his T R E V I S, so Travis. So they were close. I, I don't know why it's so hard for. Yeah, that's it's a funky one. It's tough it's for Italian. Sp- yeah, they're cute though. So. The show is in its third year. Show's in its third year. How can people find you? CaraDefalco.com uh, or YouTube.com slash Cucina. How often are the episodes out? Every Wednesday. That's awesome. Yes. So Wednesday, this is the place to be. You're yes. doing 
just Italian cuisine, all kinds of cuisines. So we I, do I, a little bit of everything. Do, so yeah, so my, my husband's diversity. Colombian, so we kind of get a, a little bit of some of that South American flair in there oh, once great. in a while. And then, then again, from the health coaching. So we, I started kind of the questions that I get a lot about like healthy food or what's the right foods to eat. I kind of have been trying to answer those questions in a public fashion once in a while. So uh, as of today's taping, just last week, we did something on, you know, what is a whole grain and how do I cook that? Oh, and why great. is that important? That's really good. <laughs> you know, so just some kind of some simple things because I found you know the uh, we do a couple things how to cut an onion how to cut open an avocado mm-hmm. how yes. to hard boil an egg because uh. and and all of those are legitimate questions that people sure. have asked me and I said you know and I was like you know my initial reaction is like really you made it into your 30s without knowing that <laughs> and then my other and then my next question I was like you know what you can't be the only person. You can't oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. no, no, no. I get quite, How do you clean artichokes? How do you open mussels? How yeah. do you clean an, uh, a calamari? Yeah. That's and, even, and those yeah, are even probably stuff. more, yeah, com- those are even more complicated things for sure. Right. Yeah. But these, these are things that, again, we don't have a home economics class or a how to be a Nona class. Or, or a Nona. Yeah, or exactly. a show called Make Me a Nona. I'm just saying. <laughs> what was I, the situation that, that, that we talked that about that? a few weeks ago? There was something that happened recently and I was like, I felt like it was like this challenge show and I uh, there was and you were like oh it sounds like something for make me a no-no I know we talk so much that I, I <laughs> my, my like I have less critical memory for how far back the conversation goes I don't there know there was something that definitely happened we might have to edit all this out there was something <laughs> that definitely happened and you were like that sounds like something perfect I, I, I got home from something and I was like I was in the situation today it, it felt like I was on a challenge show uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I, I oh. want this show to happen. I desperately want this show to happen. I think it's right. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Totally. Well, we know we have another judge if we get this thing oh, off the ground sure. who yeah. can come in and help us Absolutely. and teach these young girls how to nona. Teach them guys how to nona too because these are life skills. She hey. could be in charge of how you um, replicate the recipes into like healthy format. Like <laughs> yeah, really. How evolve to reformat. Forward. How to reformat things. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. I have one more question for yes. you actually. What advice would you give to a young Italian American who wanted to start their own show or do what you do at this time uh, right now? What would what advice would you give them? I honestly I think I would say just start. Don't look for the right equipment, don't wait till your kitchen's perfect, don't wait, just start. Wow. Um and you know, <clears throat> I mean we all have a cell phone. They've had the iPhone just came out with like the best friggin' camera on a phone ever. Yeah, I, I, heard that. I, I mean yeah. you can you can do it well enough um and again it's it's you it's your personality it's whatever you're you know obviously several people are doing it but it's how you do it and and how you you know create something that's really gonna set you apart and and so just start putting that out there yeah as long as you have passion yeah that's it you know as long as it's fun evident that you have it (laughs) It, it's clear in your voice it's clear in the fact that you came out to spend time with us here in brooklyn today that is really appreciated and we look forward to having you back around. Thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure for sure. And we'll have to get you guys out to Jersey. We'll do some more cooking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we got roots. We, 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 we've got our Jersey ID cards. There you go. Yeah, I still yeah. have my Jersey fake from high school, actually. I so. have it. You, know, I don't, I don't you just need the easy pass. That's all you That's need. That's true. Yeah. That's the best thing in the world. Well, Ro, it's been another fun one. It has. Pat comes back next week. Oh, my God. So tomorrow, excited. Right? I'm sure he's got stories. Yeah. So he, we'll, be, we'll be all together in the next episode. You'll hear... Professore Cavalieri Avocato, for those of you who have been missing him like crazy. <laughs> Hashtag Cavav. Yeah, Cavav's we'll coming home. Can't wait. <laughs> so, from, uh, from both of us, it's been fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And uh, for our friends out there, we'll see you next week. We will see you next week, no matter what. Ciao. So see that you're born in Italiano, and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italian, if you want your life to be great. See that you're born in Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italiano and your life.